Welcome to another episode of Yesterday's Capers. I'm Abdullah Molim, and every week I'll be bringing you the very best shows from the past that the world has to offer. This week, we'll be shining a light on your fave black sisters. I'll be putting sister, sister, up against Mo Tither, E Tither, Moesha. And we'll be taking a special look at the show that inspired friends and a whole bunch of your favorite sitcoms. We'll be reminiscing about Living Single, which is considered by many to be one of the very best and most memorable black shows of all time. So, let's get started. And joining me as ever is producer Paul. Hey Paul, how's it going? Not too bad, not too bad, how are you? Good thanks, good thanks. Uh, let's start then with uh, Sister Sister, which came out in April 1994. So uh, some of the things that happened in the world at this time, you had uh, the Rwandan president, Juvenile Habri... Um, I can't even say his name. Hab, Habi Arimana and the Burundian president, Cyprian Antaria Mira. Their plane, unfortunately, was shot down by surface-to-air missiles, which killed them both and brought their peace negotiations to an abrupt end. You also had Richard Nixon, the former US president, was buried in the Nixon Library in California. And you had Rodney King, who, if you may know or may not know, was brutally beaten up by uh, the police in 1991 in LA. And it was recorded... So this was like kind of like one of the first instances where police brutality was kind of captured on camera and it sparked outrage not only in America but around the world. It brought about the uh, the LA riots and it really shone a light on some of the actions and the practices of the uh, the Los Angeles Police Department. And yeah, so in 1994, April 19 1994, Rodney King was awarded £3.8 million in uh, compensation. Also, When a Man Loves a Woman was the top film in April 1994. And Everything Changes by Take That was number one at this time. So, uh, Sister Sister. So this was the uh, American sitcom starring two identical twins, Tia and Tamara Maori. I still can't tell them apart. This sister, sister? Yeah. So I can't tell them apart. I can't tell them apart because I wondered if they were doing like a kind of split screen thing at first. Do you know, like a um, she yeah. plays herself yeah, twice? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's not the case, right? They're, they're just twins. At they point. are, yeah, um, identical twins. I, I, I can't tell them apart. I can't. I really can't. I, I, I must have watched a whole bunch of episodes and I'm still like, okay, which one's Tia? Which one's Tamara? And I think that's what they're called in the show as well. So it's genuinely their names, but I think they've got different surnames because as we, as we find out, they were separated and adopted by different parents at birth. So one was adopted by a, a single mother and the other one was adopted by a couple, but the, the mother died after and they kind of reunited 14 years later so this was um oh, what's that film parent when, uh, trap what's that parent trap ah thank you the I lindsay can... lohan movie is it well, lindsay... it, it, 
there was a remake. It yeah. was the original like film in the sixties. Yeah, yeah, with Lindsay Lohan. Yeah, that, yeah, that was, yeah. That was a remake. I, I, yeah, I remember the the Lindsay Lohan version. But yeah, this is essentially like the parent trap that they were separated by two different parents and they kind of meet in a store shop. So like they're doing some shopping and one of the girls will go up to the store clerk and be like, can I have these shoes? So he's like, okay, I'm going to go. And then another one will come up and be like, I don't want those shoes. And he's like, I just spoke to you a minute ago. And so they, and he's getting really, really confused. And he's like, you just told me to get this shoe or you told me to get this coat. And so they're all confused and then they all kind of sort of meet at the at the till. And then they're both like, hey, you got my face. You got the same face as me. And they're like, oh, so we must be twins. And and so like obviously they live separate lives and, and whatnot. And then I think Ray kind of suggests because I think Lisa has a job and she's like, maybe I'm going to take it. But the twins are like, look, we, we haven't seen each other for 14 years. You can't you can't split us up. And so that was where Ray was like, okay, why don't you come and live with us and we'll figure it out and whatnot and the the girls can stay together. Now, when I remember Sister Sister growing up as a kid and whatnot, I did not realize or until when I'm watching it now that number one, that they were separated at birth and reunited. And then secondly... I just thought the parents were, they were like mum and dad and they all was like a family. I didn't realise there was so much backstory and background in terms of where they kind of came from and that they were kind of adopted separately and, and things like that. I had no idea. Sister Sister was a show that I never watched as a kid. I'll have to check with my sisters if they watched it because I think I was probably of the mindset, it's a girl show, I'm not watching it. Mm-hmm. Um... I don't remember anything about it, so I can't relate to not not knowing the backstory because I didn't know either. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But you, because you were just talking about the um, the pilot, right? Mm-hmm. And I was googling. We had a conversation about this over messages oh, right. and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, yeah, I watched the pilot. It was quite hard to follow. Uh, and and then you were like, I don't. I, I, was, I was like, it didn't feel like a pilot episode to me. And you're like, well. What did you watch? Because <laughs> <laughs> it's exactly like a pilot episode. And I found out that when I was Googling it, I Googled series one, episode one. They're like, yeah, here's series one, episode one. And it was a completely different episode. Even in some lists, the episode that I watched, which I will probably go into later, yeah, was on top of some lists and then second on some other lists. So I couldn't I couldn't find the, the pilot, which was quite sad. <laughs> What was the episode that you did watch out of interest? First Dates. I think it was the second episode, Series 1. Yeah, yeah. Because I think... Because I found the same kind of thing as well, where there was something that I saw on the internet where it said that was Season 1, Episode 1. And then obviously I did more research and more digging because Uh, I care about this podcast more than you. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I had a look. Sips Imaginary Tea... Mm. <laughs> no, see, I actually looked this morning. Um, it was this morning. I was I was at work. I was at work when I was watching the other one. I even messaged you a picture of my desk watching it. That's how much I care about this. Hey, Paul, where's that report you're supposed to give yeah. in? Uh, where's your day job? Bye. <laughs> um, but I was looking at it this morning. Um, just it was about seven o'clock this morning, mind you. Um, I was looking 
for this episode, I was looking for, what's it called again? Uh, the Meeting. The Meeting. So I was looking for The Meeting. I was looking for Series 1, Episode 1. I was looking on all the usual spots to look for things. Look on YouTube, Daily Motion. Uh, there's a hundred more that I, can, I can't There's find. plenty more... Just in I, case, YouTube Daily even, Motion and You even other... sent me a link saying this is the episode list. When on the list, Series 1, Episode 1, click the list, first dates again. That's that's interesting. So I was really struggling to find it and I was quite sad because I really wanted to watch that. Uh, I really liked the first episode of like loads of things, even like superhero yeah, yeah, movies. Yeah. The bit how they get to the bit is like one of my like favourite bits. I watching the pilot and the finale, so like the last ever episode. Yeah. I always try to bookend things and just do that. That's why I watched The Tribe like that. <laughs> <laughs> Not a very good idea, like if you're watching episode one and then you have to watch like episode 304 for the season finale. Yeah, I mean, it did, I did miss a little bit in the middle. Of course you did, yeah. You're like, you're like who's that bloke? And, why, and Amber's still alive, <laughs> that was good. <laughs> why is she with a new tribe? <laughs> what happened to the Morats? And so, yeah, some of the, yeah, like I said, the characters, Tia and Tamara, that's genuinely their names, is Tia and Tamara Landry, but they play Tia Landry, who was adopted by Lisa, so she took the name Tia Landry. And then Tamara, who was adopted by Ray, took the name Tamara Campbell. And also some of the other kind of interesting characters, you had Roger, who was like the kind of the the cute little kid who was like their next door neighbor, who's always kind of doting after the, the twins. And they're always like, go home, Roger, go home. So he was really good in the episode that I watched. Funnily enough, he was played by Marcus Houston, who is a very uh, prominent R&B artist. How about that? I, I didn't know that. <laughs> I didn't either, but I'm watching the thing and I'm like, he's a really good singer. And then you look at it and it says Marcus Houston on the credits. And I'm like, damn, that's Marcus Houston. And I think this could kind of be a theme with some of the shows that we do, because we're going to like see, particularly with Moesha, like loads of singers and artists who kind of make guest appearances. Like with Marcus Houston, he was actually a... Uh, a regular in Sister Sister for like I think the first sort of four seasons he was like always on the show and and what have you but yeah he went on to have a relatively successful uh, R&B career you find with a lot of actors they do uh, sorry a lot of singers they do have uh, acting backgrounds as well yeah I think maybe because it's like the, the training yeah so whether it's like I don't know Mickey Just Mouse performing Club and whatever, yeah. performing arts schools and things like that so that was um that was uh, the way the way it was. So, uh, in terms of episodes of Sister Sister, I think the other interesting thing you told me about the first dates episode was you kind of recalling your own uh, experiences, which I uh, had a little chuckle to myself, and I was like, "Oh, it was like what?" So well, I'm going to go back to 2014. Yeah. Uh, I okay, so a bit of background for the viewers. Um, uh, Abdullah and I are uh, brothers. We're he's my brother-in-law. Mm-hmm. And how we got to that situation? So anyway, uh, so let me go back. So first dates there's a guy, and he's coming. He has to meet the dad, and he walks in, and the dad's like, uh, he obviously he doesn't like this guy. Just automatically doesn't like him because he's there for his daughter, right? Anyway, so back to 2014. Me getting uh, dressed up in a suit, coming to Cambridge to uh, meet 
for the first time, I had to meet uh, my two potential brothers-in-law. I had to meet uh, and my mother and my potential mother and father-in-law. I had to impress. <laughs> like I had to at least not screw it up at this point, right? And uh, anyway, I'm like nervous. I'm wearing a suit. I've come all the way from Cambridge. I'm sweating. I'm hot. And this and... Anyway, so um, Abdullah, really friendly. How are you doing? Are you okay? Sits down. Uh, we get a drink. We sit down. First thing you said to me, do you remember what it was? No. <laughs> the first thing you said to me, apart from hello and, and stuff, was, why do you think you're good enough for my sister? Oh, God, yes. I did say the that. The first thing that came out of your mouth. You know, I was thinking it was something similar-ish to that kind of that kind of question. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so literally, why do you think you're good enough? So you put, kind of put me on the spot and I'm thinking, ah. So it just kind of reminded me from that episode, like the feeling of going into someone and and having that yeah you know because obviously you're in like full tilt protection mode that's your sister man that's like yeah um yeah so that kind it's of it's like she's the quarterback and i'm big mike yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. And i'm, I'm gonna the get, left tackle i'm gonna get flattened yeah so, so i thought it was quite funny like the nervous feeling going in there mm. and also the it's really fun in the in the episode it's really funny because it's kind of like um uh what, what's the dad's name again ray and, and what's his last? Mr. Campbell, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so he's like, oh, Mr. Campbell, how are you? He's like, oh, call me Ray. And then by the time he leaves, he gets annoyed with him. And he's like, <laughs> Mr. Campbell. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just thought, that was, I thought it was absolutely brilliant. It's just like a, just a throwback to like being scared to death. Yeah. I know I'm going to have to do that one of these days, but uh, not anytime too soon. Some of the episodes that I watched of Sister, Sister... So you had one where they see the interesting thing about America is that their bus systems are hella complicated. It's not like here where it tells you every stop you're going to. So it's it's well, really okay. virtually impossible to get lost. It's virtually what in the UK? Yeah. No, it's virtually impossible to get lost in London. You step one foot outside London, the bus system's not so good. We had two bus. Mm. We had two buses leave. Actually, our- actually, yeah. When I was living in Preston, it was a bit complicated. The buses. Yeah, it, it, it's one of those where, if it wasn't for Google Maps, I sure as hell will be lost <laughs> trying to figure it out and trying to find my way. But yeah, okay, fair enough. Okay, maybe maybe London, maybe outside. But uh, yeah, it's bringing back interesting memories of me trying to like use public transport in Preston and Blackpool and trying to figure it all out and, and, and whatnot. But with, um, with America in particular, cause this is like my own kind of experiences as well. Like it's not, cause I remember I had to find like where I was staying and I had to sort of get the bus. And it was one of those where you had to, di- I was diligently like looking at my phone thinking, okay, I can't miss my stop. I can't miss my stop. Here we are. Here we are. Here we are. And then you have to literally get off because it isn't a case of here in the buses. It has, like I said, it has the names of the stops. It has the, you, you can't get lost really. But over there, it's like, it's very interesting and complicated. So they basically um, go to a movie and they get lost on the bus ride home. And the parents are all getting roided because they're like, oh, where, where are they? Where are they? And the dad, he was like, oh, I don't really want my kids to be using the bus and like, public transport or things like that and in within the actual episode you kind of have like Tia and Tamara who are kind of fed up as kind of being seen as twins 
there because obviously with twins everyone thinks oh my god you're twins you're so cute and all this stuff and Tamara it's like oh I don't want to be a twin I kind of want to have my own personality I want to kind of be kind of be myself and so that was a, an interesting sort of theme that they kind of have throughout which is Tia and Tamara trying to become individuals and they're trying to obviously they're twins and you can't escape that but they kind of want to be their own person instead of just being Tia and Tamara. They want to be Tia and Tamara. Yeah, I bet that's quite a difficult thing to be a twin. I mean, obviously I've never been a twin. Um, yeah. But to have, to be, to look exactly the same as someone, do, do you know what I mean? And then like to be a d- different person and like with yeah. different yeah, things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's just, I think it's peculiar. Interesting, the, yeah. The thought, the thought that two people look exactly the same. <laughs> do you know what I mean it's, it's like that um, have you ever seen the, the Spider-Man gif or meme where like the two Spider-Mans are pointing at each other it's like a really famous gif where they're like pointing at each other I think it was um, it might have been like a, a sketch of a, a Spider-Man comic uh, and so it's one of those where like the identical Spider-Man comes and then he sees the other Spider-Man and they're kind of pointing at each other it's, it, it's, 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 it's used a lot in like Cult, like popular culture today and oh that's that hurts because you I must just... see that all the time so like for example if someone makes a point that oh you and i are in agreement they'll just put the uh spider-man like pointing at each other like huh huh i don't i haven't seen it before i'm looking for it now you're such an old man seriously and i'm older than you yeah, but I can't find the... Uh, I don't use the internet, really, apart from to Google stuff. <laughs> Normally on this podcast. Oh, yes, on the Google, so I can look things up. Season 2, episode 1, was uh, another good one where Tia and Tamara are starting high school. And why are you showing me? I, I know this already. <laughs> I was checking, is that the right one? You lost. I've lost my train of thought now. <laughs> I think you're in the second Okay, yeah, so uh, they start high school... The girls are getting a makeover and Tamara gets a makeover and she looks like she looks the bomb and she looks amazing. And she gets to hang out with the cool kids and leaving Tia out in the cold. And Tia tries to get a a similar-ish kind of look to her her twin sister, but it ends up backfiring. So her hair's like on fire and... All of that, all of that stuff. So that was a good one. And as we progress with Sister Sister, these are now some of the episodes where it gets really, really, really good. So episode season four, episode two, You Are So Beautiful. So they have uh, an encounter with the prom, the prom queen, Rhonda, and they start to figure out and find out about their looks and they're getting really, really insecure and so they start to ask Ray and Lisa about their their birth parents. So they're saying, oh, how did my mom look? Or how did my my dad look? Or, and all that kind of thing. And they start to find sort of clues about their parents. And they start to find out clues about what they may be and what they might not have been. And so Lisa finds out that their mom used to be a, an artist. And so they go to like a, a part of Detroit where there's a mural that their mum painted. 
So that's their kind of figure out. Oh, look, that's um, my mom. You know, she's a painter, but she, as we learn, passes away shortly after giving birth to Tia and Tamara. That was a, a really, really good episode. I think it might be one of one of one of the best ones. Also, season five, episode eighteen. I have a dream. So uh, Tamara is getting really, really nervous and anxious about her exams that are coming up. And she has a, a dream where she kind of encounters a load of historical figures who kind of paved the way for for black people and for herself. So she comes across a Harriet Tubman who was kind of wondering, oh, should I go back to the South and sort of pave the way and free the slaves? And Tamara's kind of like, you should, you should definitely do it. Don't get cold feet. Don't have second thoughts. And then obviously she comes across Martin Luther King, who's kind of like, oh, I don't know if I should go to college. I don't know if I should carry on with my studies. And she's obviously telling Martin Luther King that you definitely should. You shouldn't kind of give up your dreams. And then she kind of realizes that in the future that she's going to make a difference in the world. So she kind of then decides that, okay, maybe I should, maybe I should go to, to college and try and be the best I can be. And now probably the most significant episode of Sister Sister. This was season six, episode 15, Father's Day. And so there's a photojournalist, Matt Silver, I think his name was. And he's like a really famous photojournalist. He's kind of been around the world. He's taken a whole bunch of pictures. And it kind of turns out that he is the biological father of Tia and Tamara. And because he's looking at all these kind of pictures and he has a picture of the mural that their mom had painted. And he was like, that used to be, you know, my wife, my girlfriend. And they're like, obviously, how how do you have this picture? And he's like, it's because, yes, I was away. And by the time I came back, she had passed away, given birth, and he couldn't find the the twins because obviously I think it's like you can't really sort of give out the addresses of if you've adopted someone I don't think the biological parents kind of really find out where they've gone and things like that I think that's the law not in just America but here as well and he was like I tried to look for you guys I spent ages looking for you guys but I couldn't and I couldn't prove definitively that I'm the the biological father and so he comes to the house and he meets Ray and Lisa and he's obviously like, thank you so much for taking care of them for all these years. You guys are her, the, the twins' parents. You've, got, you've been a, a mom and dad through, through all these years. And yeah, so that was, that was such a significant episode. And then obviously in the finale, Lisa is getting married, but not to Ray but uh, Ray's friend Vic and she gets cold feet because she doesn't want everything to change because the one of the twins is going to Africa with her biological father. One of the other twins is going to New York because she gets, I think, a WNBA scholarship and Ray gets offered a job in Washington, D.C. to try and clean up politics. So everything is changing and Lisa is like, I don't want everything to change. I want our family to kind of be the way it is, how it's been for six years. 
And then Ray kind of finds her in a bar and he kind of convinces her like, look, you should get married. You should live your life. You've been the, my bestest friend for the whole six years. You deserve to be happy. The kids are moving on with their life. So he's like, you know what? This is your time. Go and get married. Live your life and enjoy it. Because he was like, this is it now. Everything's changing. So I I really thought that was really lovely. And it was really interesting with the whole dynamic with Ray and Lisa. Because you, you, if you're just watching like a random episode of Sister Sister, you would think mom, dad. Yeah. You think there's a romantic interest in there. Yeah, and there never really was. It was always kind of like friendly, kind of good banter, good energy between the two. I really like that whole dynamic between those two. That was that was really really fun to watch, and it was yeah. You're like 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 I said, if you're a snapshot episode of Sister, you wouldn't think that there were two complete strangers who happen to adopt identical twins and they're all living together in a house and they're getting to know each other but there isn't nothing like romantic or anything like that it's just yeah and then they develop into really really good friends and it's one of those where they are a family but not in the conventional sense yeah yeah but it still works i mean it got- yeah it works really well it got quite deep, didn't it? I was just listening to your rundown there, and uh, <laughs> yeah, like obviously the first couple of episodes, you know, and I'm guessing a lot of episodes in between are just quite trivial. Yeah, but to be honest, they they they, they hit on quite a few issues, right? Mm. Uh, not issues, but like you know, things challenges that you might yeah, face. Yeah. First of all, you're black. Then you got you you're a twin. Yep. You're you're basically orphaned for the most part of the series, right? Because you have no parents. Yeah. No real. And you have no idea who your dad yeah, is. Yeah, because the dad's not there, so they, no. they presume that he's not around. Anyway, so yeah. p- you know, potential orphans. And I'm sure you've mentioned something else as well. Like, they, 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 I don't think they knew. Like, the the dad, I think he didn't know that his wife or, or girlfriend or whatnot was, was actually pregnant. Yeah. I think by the time he realized, it was too late. It was too late, yeah. She had passed away and the kids were put up for adoption and they were completely separated so where do you look where do you even no, i think like you said it's like protection for the children to be uh yeah i think in you uh, don't don't quote me on this but i think in the uk the the children are told who their parents are from from the get-go so when they come of age and when they're ready to go they can then if they want to seek their parents out okay there's quite a few issues uh and and challenges and things like that that it this show deals with right it's not just yeah, like um, yeah yeah like you know these it's not just like a funny thing. Really, there's kind of underlying things that, you know, if someone is having trouble at school, is having trouble either with their with their race, with the fact that they're a twin or things like this. This girl's got everything going on all all in one go. Do you see yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's quite um, doing quite a lot of uh, things all all in one go. Really, is definitely, it? As definitely. A, as, yeah. as, as a just you know, just a kind of kid show. And it's why I ended up really liking Sister Sister. I thought it was it was a great show. I th- really enjoyed it. I think the the twins are brilliant, Tia and Tamara, and they kind of play off each other so well, which I'm guessing is completely and natural and and normal. But yeah, this was a this was a really good show. 
Next up, we've got Moesha. So we're going back now to January 1996 and some of the things happening in the world. You had France declaring that they will no longer test nuclear weapons after they uh, were trying some tests in the Pacific and it caused international outcry and then the president, the late president now, Jacques Chirac. Oh, that was last week, right? Yeah, it was about a couple, yeah, last yeah, a week, couple so, yeah. of weeks ago. Yeah. He was the president at the time and he kind of said, okay, fine, we won't test nuclear weapons anymore. And uh, you had uh, Colonel Ibrahim Barre Minasara, who deposed the first democratically elected president of Niger, Mahaman Usman, in a military coup. So, uh, sucks to be uh, President Usman. And uh, Bed of Roses was the top cinema, or top cinema release in January 1996. And the duo Criss Cross released their third and final album, Young, Rich and Dangerous. Are you uh, aware of Criss Cross? You might know the song Jump, but uh, Mac Dad will make you jump, jump. Daddy Mac will make you jump, jump. Chris Cross will make you jump, jump. Anyway, that's all right. Uh, now we go on to Moesha, starring one of the probably biggest R&B singers of the 90s and the noughties and maybe even today, Brandy Norwood. And she plays Moesha Mitchell, who's a high school student. And this is based in the Lemon Park neighborhood of Los Angeles. It uh, was created by uh, Ralph Farquhar, along with Sarah Vinnie and Vida Spears. And yeah, this was based on uh, a family. So you had Moesha, you had a little brother who was Miles. And you know what? Uh, I'm sensing a really interesting themes with some of these kind of black shows is that the husband is always widowed because in, in, in Moesha, the husband, Frank, he's widowed. He's and a widower. In, and in Smart Guy. Yeah, in Smart Guy, in uh, Sister, Sister. Uh, Ka-ching, the parent, was a widower. I don't know. It's just very, very interesting. Very... That's a good point, actually. I never noticed. Uh, literally, until I'm, you picked that no, up. No, yeah, it's like a trend kind of thing. It's like all of these are widowed. Yeah, so Frank is a widower, but um, he's um, he's got a, a partner in the show, D, and you got this guy like Hakim who's always coming to the house. He's like the next door neighbor, so he's always kind of popping in and out of the in and out of the house. And obviously she has like love interests like Ohaji and Q and those those kind of um, thing. And also with this show, you kind of had some really, again, dealing with a lot of social issues like teen pregnancy. You had like race relations. You kind of talking about like the death of a parent, which again, we kind of mentioned. And, you know, just the normal issues that you know teenagers will kind of go through so like relationships boys girls and and all and all and all that stuff so yeah moesha what's uh um moesha i i found it really easy to find on the internet 
there's loads of episodes around. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was really confused with the because uh, I think I think it was the first episode where um, Moesha gets up late, right? And she kind of she kind of goes downstairs and she's late and she wants to make breakfast for her dad and she gets mad because what I thought was her mum, yeah, was making uh, blueberry pancakes and stuff like that. And they kind of had to and fro, and I was getting a bit confused about that, about why are they having. And then right halfway through the episodes, I like they explain. That's her stepmom, and I was like, ah, uh, kind of like a, a penny drop moment for me. Um, <laughs> and did you notice, like, in the actually most of the the sitcoms and uh, Moesha, uh sister sister, and and even uh, living single that we're going to talk about later, the houses are massive. They're enormous. That's America, though, isn't it? But I'm talking like, these. I was just looking at somebody's house and I'm like, that is a dream for me. Because, <laughs> yeah, no, because when I was, when I went to uh, Maryland yeah. to go see my uh, family out there, that when I you're thought driving... you about the place near Stratford. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, go on. Yeah, they wish. <laughs> so, yeah, like this is Maryland in America. It's not not too far away from Washington, D.C. I know that for a fact. Like, they, when I was driving past and going around the town and whatnot, like, you could see, like, everything was just massive. Yeah. Big cars, big roads, big houses. And you're looking at that, and it's like, here, where it's just all small and cul-de-sac-y and... And expensive. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I'm just saying, because you get, like, you pay... A lot of money for barely nothing, right? But here, yeah. I was just anyway. I was just wanted to make a yeah, note. Yeah, Maybe yeah. it's uh, something to do with the fact that they are. There's like there's always one per, one parent gone. <laughs> Life insurance cashing in. Uh, <laughs> I didn't think of uh, of that. And yeah, as I was saying, the uh, the main character was uh, was Brandy. Now, are you uh, familiar with uh, any of the works of Brandy? Actually, uh, so um, my wife. Your sister told me just before we started recording about Brandy. <laughs> Listen, I, I had no idea. Anything worth mentioning that she told you? That she's an R&B singer. I just said that now. Yeah, but I knew that before just because I was told. But apart from that, I don't know anything about her. Ah, um, interesting. No, she uh, was born in uh, 1979 in Macomb, Mississippi, but then was raised in California. She started her career as a, one of the child singers and performed as a, a backing vocalist for most teen groups. She got signed by a record label fairly when she was pretty young. And as well as doing Moesha, she had a pretty good singles run. One of the prominent songs of the 90s was her duet with Monica, The Boy Is Mine, which I think was at the time and maybe today as the best-selling female duet of all time really it was number one forever and ever like in America I don't think I've heard age. it the boy's mind yeah it was a very uh, that's obviously you know fighting over a bloke yeah apparently I think her and Monica don't get on which is insane when you think about how is that because of a boy song. maybe yeah maybe that song was rang true <laughs> you know on the phone, yeah, it's like, this is a, it's a, it's a, it's an absolute cracker. 
She uh, sold over 40 million records worldwide. Had 8.2, 8.62 million albums sold in the US. So she's clearly one of the biggest selling female artists of all time. She's won a Grammy. She's won an American Music Award. She's won seven Billboard Music Awards. Obviously, as I was saying, some of her top songs include The Boy Is Mine, Aphrodisiac, it's another one of her big songs, Have You Ever, I Wanna Be Down, featuring Queen Latifah, What About Us as well was another song. And obviously she did a duet with her brother, also an R&B singer, Ray J. They did the uh, the cover, Another Day in Paradise, the Phil Collins classic. So it was like a, an R&B version of that song. Classic song from from both sides, really, it was a, it was a, it was a one of those rare occasions where a cover song does the original song justice. Because obviously, you get covers and it's just god awful, but most of the time. But on this occasion, it was a, it was a really, really good cover. So yeah, that's uh, that's Brandy for you. And I think yeah, like she, I think she's one of the 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 best best R and B singers, one of the best sort of singers around. I, Somehow, you know, despite me reading all those accolades, I don't think she's ever really got the recognition that, that she, she deserves. Truly deserves. I think she's a cracking singer. I mean, that's not my. It's not. It's not the genre of music that I. I even like. You don't say. I, I can't. Uh, my my um, my wife looked through my playlist on my um, on my music and described it as white. <laughs> <laughs> so. I mean, I mean that's choking with your <laughs> alibi. Let us well, test the game and play. Don't be knocking Mr. Brightside. <laughs> <laughs> oh god, yeah, that's yeah, that's that's okay. I mean, I'll go far to say I didn't like the Kooks. They were too white. <laughs> Who were the Kooks? The Kooks, oh dear lord, they were rubbish. They did. Um, what What are their famous songs? Uh, let me just quickly, because I'll I'll know it as soon as. This I is Google so typical it. on Black History Month. We're talking about the whitest music artists ever. Um, they did. Uh, she moves in her own way. Oh, I know that one. Yeah. Yeah. That was too much for me. Um. Actually, uh, just go back on Black History Month. Did you see? Did you see the? Uh, I wanted to get your opinion on something, um, and I'll tell you what I thought afterwards. The the Black History Month was kind of bundled together with um, the uh, the Black Asian ethnic minorities. Kind of everyone bundled oh, yeah. into one month. Oh yeah. Oh. What, what do you think about that? They're trying to all lives matter Black History Month. Yeah, but isn't it like a? It kind of bundles in everybody's culture into one. There's 12 months. Y'all can have your own month in another month. Like, leave us alone. Like, why are you trying to... You know, because I saw something like this last year. And it's like, you're trying to All Lives Matter Black History Month. And it's like, it's one month. But what... But The other 11 months, y'all can do and celebrate whatever you want to celebrate. Just let us have... October. But there's still quite a lot of history within black people, right? You've got, uh, there's a lot of history there. Yeah. And it, what it says is... And we is, only get 
31 days out of 365. Yeah, and, you, and then you've got all of the, it says about all of the, the Asian ethnic, other ethnic minorities, they don't have enough history to be on their own. You know what? Like, own. I'm going to let them finish, but October is Black History Month. Yeah. Y'all can have November. Y'all can have another month that has 31 days. I like, make it August. Mm. Shoot, have have that as your month. I'm not mad. Like you know, let's let's celebrate you. Let's celebrate and and you and celebrate your excellence. Celebrate your brilliance. But it, do you know what it kind of feels like to me? I'm not saying I'm not saying not don't have it. By the way, no, don't, no, no, yeah, no, 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 everyone, absolutely. don't stick it on me. Yeah, don't be like, oh, oh, this this militant guy. Oh, you want to say all this? Like I'm saying. There's plenty of room. There's 365 days a year. Yeah. There is 12 months. There is 52 weeks in a year. There is plenty of time to get get everything in. Get it all in. Mm-hmm. But in the UK anyway, because obviously I know in America, Black History Month is in February. But in October, it's Black History Month. March is... Women's Month. Yeah. Stop trying to muscle in and 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 trying to piggyback. I think like what what it feels like to me is like uh uh you kind of got like the white people, and then they just kind of try and bundle everything else into one box. Yeah, all lives matter. Yeah, so it's it's kind of a bit like his us and his you lot. Yeah, and it's a lot of rich cultures there. You know, like Asian culture. You got like absolutely. Um. Obviously, when you have Chinese New Year as well, like... You've got Chinese New Year, you've got loads of... Yeah. You're basically taking the rest of the world and saying your culture can be bundled in with this lot. It's all the same, it's all... Do you see what I mean? Yeah. I think that there's people need to celebrate their own culture even more rather than... Um, Absolutely. Um, and I'm not, I, I'm not kind of sure who's trying to push it all into one go. I don't, no, don't know. No, but you know how, like, when Black Lives Matter came out and everyone kept saying, you know, Black Lives Matter, Black Lives Matter, and then... You had all these kind of white people going, oh, yes, but all lives matter. And it's like, well, if all lives matter, then you wouldn't have, as we were saying in the news roundup, a black guy getting, you know... Shot in his own house. Getting absolute, and then the woman getting getting absolute hiding by the police. And as we, you know, with Botham Jean recently... Yeah. Getting shot in his own house. Yeah. And the, the perpetrator who did it, a white woman, Amber Gaia, who only gets 10 years... Yeah, tell me, tell me, Black Lives Matter. Then, go on, tell me. Like it's, it's, it's ridiculous. But uh, yeah, we we digress. Yeah, sorry. I and just so, I wanted to get your opinion on that. No, I was wondering about that all week. That's uh, that's that, that's absolutely fine. This is probably the time and place where we could talk about it, really. So <laughs> yeah, if you have any other questions like that, then uh, yes, feel free to ask, and not just you Paul but that goes to listeners as well if you want to ask us questions about anything really yeah as long as it's tasteful fire away as long as it's tasteful as long as it's nice I'll be more than happy to to answer them so uh, the floor is yours guys and so some uh, some of the episodes of uh, Moesha that kind of sort of stood out for me I think we kind of touched on the uh, the pilot. Yeah, where... I, I watched the pilot and the new one and the second one. 
So which one was the second one again? The one was where it? she does the um she does uh she tries for cheerleading. And she doesn't get in, but her mate does, and she gets mad at her. Oh, okay, yeah. I, I, I think I saw one, but I did, yeah. I did see the pilot, but I can't... The pilot was the one with Ohaji, and she tries to go oh, to the... Oh, uh, oh, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. She and sneaks she, out. Yeah, and then he ends up kissing another girl, and yeah. she kind of realises from the get-go that men are trashing. Yeah, but it's quite, it's quite a nice thing, because she kind of has a falling out of her mother-in-law. Yeah. As I'm oh, guessing, yeah, and you had the dynamic with the mother-in-law. Yeah, because it's always... Yeah, because he yeah. said that, listen, like, it's, it's been three years of it's just been me and the girls. Like, yeah. you know, it's this it's is a different... It's me, Miles, and my dad. Like, yeah. I'm not used to this. So yeah, there's yeah. kind of like a real... Um, it's a real issue of... A lot yeah. of people get, you know, where they've got the mother-in-law comes and it must be difficult for the mother-in-law. Yeah. Coming in yeah. for, with, with the kids. She's got... And also difficult for the kids because all of a sudden they've got an upheaval in what they know. And they're thinking... We're going like, to lose our dad you to this wicked witch. Or... Yeah, we're, you're replacing our mum who's who's passed away. Yeah. So that's a... A really, uh, a really interesting, really fascinating uh, dynamic. So yes. that was uh, an interesting episode. One of the other episodes that I liked was Hakeem's birthday. And so uh, Moesha tries to get Hakeem's dad, who's out of the picture, to come to the birthday party. And she's obviously trying to make it a surprise. But like her friend Nikki, because she's got a big mouth, she kind of bl- blurts it out. And... He he obviously was like, "What the hell are you doing? What are you playing at? I'm not I'm not ready for this. I'm not ready to see my dad. You know, he left me and my mom high and dry when I was a kid. But he comes to the birthday. No, tell a lie. So he meets up with Moesha and they're trying to arrange it all. And then he ends up not coming to the birthday party. So he kind of bottles it, which which is unfortunate." But yeah, it's again. It's one of those sort of interesting sort of themes with with black men and yeah. absent fathers. So it's probably going to be one that may resonate with a lot, a lot of people. Maybe not even just white. Maybe not even just black. But you know, white guys who may not have had their dads in the picture, or yeah. regardless, I think it might be something that a lot of people can relate to. Whereas maybe you're thinking, I've been wanting to see my dad for the very, very first time, or I haven't seen him in years and years and years and I don't know what I'm going to say. I don't know what I'm going to do. So it's one of those kind of really, one of those dynamics where you don't really know how to react or what to do. You're all over the place and that kind of thing. And another, (laughs) a funny episode was uh, Moesha meets Brandy. So Brandy is played by Moesha. So like, for example, they're trying to go to uh, a concert and they're trying to go to a Brandy concert. And okay, so they're, they're doing, is one of those like two-way things Yeah. where Moesha is trying to meet Brandy and they're like, you know, oh, you can get us into the concert because you look like Brandy. And then Moesha's like, I don't look nothing like Brandy. So it's obviously tongue in cheek. Yeah. It's like, oh, I look nothing like Brandy, whatever. And she, and Moesha's like, oh, maybe I can meet Ray J and all this stuff. And obviously Ray J's her brother. So again, it's one of those tongue-in-cheek moments. And this was kind of like a... She goes backstage and Moesha talks with Brandy and then they have like a... 
a discussion and they kind of, and Brandy's giving Moesha advice. And this is off the back of Moesha having a, a massive falling out with her dad because her dad kind of discovers that she's been seeing someone like a, a, a guy from college. And obviously I think Frank had the rule that she can't be seeing anybody or can't be dating anybody until she's like 16 or whatever, or like old enough. Yeah, so, but in the in the pilot, he says you can't you can't go out until you're 16, and that's in a week's time. Yeah, but I don't know. But she's obviously been seeing boys and obviously that kind of stuff. Yeah, you know, as you do as a teenager, sneaking out and whatnot. So that was kind of like the backdrop of the the episode was that you know she had this massive falling out with her with her father, and they're at loggerheads with each other. And then obviously she goes to the concert and she meets Brandy and then she yeah. goes to the, the Brandy concert and Brandy is singing and whatnot. And she's like, oh, I really like you, Moesha. And it may, and I think at the time she kind of breaks up with her boyfriend because he was like, you're moving way too fast. We should just kind of slow it down. And she's like, oh, you don't really want what I want. So I'm going to break up with you and we'll go our uh, separate ways. And... Probably the most explosive episode of Moesha was season five, Secrets and Lies. Now we find out that there's a, their cousin, Dorian, comes to live with them. But he was uh, adopted by uh, Frank's sister. And one of the relatives who comes around, Aunt Hattie, she kind of blurts out that Dorian is in fact Frank's son. No way. Woo-wee. <laughs> and that was like, damn. And Moesha's like, so what? You cheated on our mum then? And he's like, you know, look, look, let me explain. Let me explain. Because I think, yeah, she, he had cheated on his wife with a, a random woman. And she didn't really want the baby. So Frank was like, to Sally, his sister, look, adopt him. Raise him up as your son or whatnot. And Moesha has a falling out with her dad and is like, I don't want nothing to do with you. How could you cheat on our mum? How could you do this to us? And yeah, the whole dynamic of the household just changes. And Dorian is like, how could you not tell me? So he calls his mum or now his auntie. And he's like, how could you not tell me? Like my whole life is a lie. People have lied to me. You've lied for such a long time. You've hid it from me. So this was really powerful, explosive stuff. And eventually they kind of work it out and they realize, Dorian kind of realizes maybe I need a father in my life and and whatnot. And it kind of ends, I believe Moesha ends with her being pregnant. Really? So I think that's how it kind of ends. Because obviously I think they've all grown up. They're all at yeah. college and whatnot. She starts to date Hakeem. It was like the boy next door. I was going to say girl next door, but you know, the boy next <laughs> that's, door. That's a modern show. I think that's a completely different, yeah, completely different show. But um, yeah, so uh, the interesting thing about uh, Moesha was that there was a spin-off show starring the friend Kim Parker. She gets her own spin-off show. I think it's called The Parkers. So this was a, a spin-off from Moesha. So yeah. this is Kim and whatnot. And this was played by uh, the brilliant, the brilliantly named Countess Vaughn. That's her name. Her real name? Really? 
Her real name is Countess Vaughan, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what, sorry, just quickly, what channel was this broadcast on in the UK? I think CBBC also showed Moesha at some point as well. I'd... I think they did, yeah. I think CBBC will show Moesha. And that was the sister of sister as well? Yes. And so I think maybe Nickelodeon showed these. Yeah, yeah, that's the uh, yeah, kind of parent. Satellite. But I think yeah. on terrestrial it, TV, the yeah. CBBC used to show Moesha and Sister Sister. Cool. I just wanted to kind of get it out of my head whilst I Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, in terms of choosing between the two, what are you thinking? Uh, easy one for me. I didn't like Moesha, so I'm going to go Sister Sister. You didn't like Moesha? No. At all? No. Really? It was just like, I didn't really feel anything for it. Um, I didn't, I mean, it had its like, it had its kind of like little, uh, I guess a little bit of charm, but certainly not as much as the um, Sister Sister had quite a few uh, lovable Uh characters in it, ones that were funny and this and that and the other. So I enjoyed Sister Sister a lot more than um, Moesha for sure. Yeah. Interesting. Now, for me, And they can't all be winners this week. <laughs> One week, someone's got to lose. Okay. Um, again, I think there's a runaway winner here. And that runaway winner is Sister Sister. Really? How come we're going to agree? Yeah, I, I loved this show. Really, I did. I thought it was fantastic. I thought Tia and Tamara, they're, they're brilliant. Loved the dynamic between the two. I loved the episodes and the the concepts that they kind of covered. I loved the episodes where they're like figuring out about their parents and they're trying to figure out who their parents are. I loved the dynamic between Ray and Lisa. How you'd think they're a married couple, but they're not. They're just two mates who just happen to adopt twin daughters yeah and the episodes again the episodes were just really really easy to watch really fun to watch I did like Moesha but I didn't like it as much as I like Sister Sister so yeah it was a clear a clear winner here was 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 Sister Sister so Nice, I'm glad we agreed. <laughs> I thought you were gonna shoot me when I said I didn't like it. <laughs> no, 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 no. I think I think I think Moesha was it was very interesting in the sense that this was like a, a singer who's kind of playing this yeah. role and to be fair to her, she stuck at this role until two thousand and one. So I really thought Moesha that... and Sister Sister had long runs. Yeah. So this was shows where they they did a lot and it was on TV for a very, very long time and they got enough time to really develop and grow. And obviously she's, you know, when she was doing this, she was kind of on the cusp of her career. And even when it kind of took off with The Boy's Mind, she still, I think, did Moesha right until, yeah, 2001. Mm. So good shows, but yeah, good job, Sister Sister. Absolutely love those shows. 
And now we come on to the main event. So let's go back to August of 1993. And this was quite a, a slow month and a slow year, really. But you kind of had the IRA who, who planted eight bombs around Bournemouth, of which five were detonated. But I don't think there was any deaths or anything like that. So it was just... Uh, one of In those, Bournemouth? Right? Bournemouth, yeah. I mean... I don't know why anyone would isn't, try and Isn't Bournemouth, Bournemouth just full of old people and students? Bournemouth is lovely. Yeah. I like Bournemouth. Uh, Bournemouth is a nice little... It's a nice little piece. seaside town. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, it's not like the busiest place in the world, is it? No. I don't know. What, August, uh, I guess August 93, that is the summer. Well, yeah, because the IRA were just... They, they were at it in the 90s, so they were bombing every thing that they could you also had the 150th million millionth 150 millionth visitor of the eiffel tower i don't think i got my tens in units right there 150 <laughs> millionth yeah 150 yeah. millionth visitor of the eiffel tower i'm not really sure how they, how they keep measured that and calculated yeah. that when was the eiffel tower built Oh, dude. Um, I'd say in 1800s. 1800s? I think so. Uh, hang on. No, you got to wait. If you ask a question, you've got to wait for the answer now. It's, you know what? This might just be a thing where Paul's just on the Google and just... Oh, dude. You were, you were good. Uh, so the, the Eiffel Tower was built on the 28th of January. On my birthday. Is that your birthday? Yes. But it was 1887. So it wasn't your birthday. So yet. nearly a hundred years. Yeah. So one uh, ninety nine years. Woo! Before you were born. No, one hundred and one years before yeah. you were born. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Wow. So yeah, eighteen hundreds. I was right. I'm taking that. <laughs> I got it right. I think and it's born my birthday in the. 1800s. The fugitive. I think this is the. Uh, what's his name? Jack Harrison. What's his name? Who's Jack Harrison? The Fool. Um, he was Obi-Wan Kenobi in Star Wars. That's not Jack Harrison. That's... Um, ah, Ewan McGregor. No. Obi-Wan Kenobi was Ewan McGregor in Star in Wars. In the old film. Oh, in the old ones. Forget the old ones. They're rubbish. But who? He's a famous actor. I can't think of his name. Uh, old Ben Kenobi. Harrison. Ford. Is he, yeah, is it Harrison Ford? Harrison Ford was uh, Han Solo. Th that's what I meant. Same difference, man. Shoot. And now I probably alienated every single <laughs> Star Wars fan. They're going to be coming out in pitchforks now. Okay, so... Um, just Harrison Ford, that's it, yeah. So Harrison so Ford, The yeah. Fugitive, yeah. So just quickly, whilst we're um, uh, in trouble with the Star Wars community, uh, <laughs> I just want to quickly say that I think episode one, two, and three were better than four, five, six. And I've still... Oh! Got him! <laughs> got him! I think... Oh! See, I'm not... I don't, like, mess with Star Wars, but even I like four, five, and six. But, I think they're dope. No, okay, so the... the Luke, I am your father. Oh! Yeah, but that's kind of... That's just, like, known now that that's the case. So one of the things that I'm going to say, right, one of the best things about Star Wars is lightsabers, right? They're the coolest thing in the world, right? Or in the galaxy. Beep, the beep, universe. Beep, beep, beep. R2-D2 uh, but <laughs> right so 
do you want the the boring old lightsaber battles that are in four, five, and six? None of the lightsaber battles in four, five, and six are good. None of them. You look at the lightsaber battles in one, two, and three. Wow. They are incredible. Wow. Incredible. So, so you're using the fact that these films were done in the 70s against them? Uh, just because they were made in the 70s doesn't mean the, the sword skills were rubbish. No, but obviously technological innovations wasn't really a thing. So yeah, I guess. But what I'm saying is, I would love them to remake the films if they and everyone would like. What's the point? Because imagine four, five, and six with epic special effects and lightsaber battles. Yeah, but then that will ruin the whole magic of Star Wars. No, but imagine it will ruin the magic. Imagine a death of Obi Wan Kenobi that wasn't the most underwhelming lightsaber battle that ever was ever. But it will ruin the magic of Star Wars. I don't think it would. I think it would improve it. But. People have fond memories of yeah, but the, the 1977, 79 yeah, yeah. I, and I under- 81, whenever those three had come out. Yeah, I understand that. I understand that people have really fond memories of them, but they're not... The, the special effects... Yeah, but you could say that about any film then. Yeah, I'm not... I'm, thing you is, could say that about any kind of film that sort of dealt or touched certain topics and things and you could say you know what okay this wasn't really done well in 1942 what's 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 the film where hey it's looking at you kid so maybe it feels like a a really fast train or something like that and it looked nice and bright casablanca that's it isn't it here's looking at you kid or is that gone with the wind i think it might be gone with the wind here's looking at you kid so yeah, are we gonna are we gonna remake that? Where does that stop? It's like a, a never ending thing. It was Casablanca. So Casablanca and Gone with the Wind didn't have lightsaber battles. So there's no point in remaking those. Yeah, but if they did, you'd want them to be remade, don't you? Yeah. And Anything run- okay, like here's a blanket rule. If it's got a lightsaber battle in it, let's remake it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, yeah, as I was saying, The Fugitive was the number one movie. And Mr. Vane by Culture Beat was number one at the time. Incredibly catchy song, which probably captures the the essence and the mood of 1993. (laughs) And so now we go on to Living Single. So this was kind of based on the lives of six friends who live in a Brooklyn brownstone. So a brownstone is just basically like a bigger block of flats. Yeah. Like high rise. brown, yeah. High rising block of flats and things like that. It's called brownstone because I think the colour. It was made out of brownstone. Yeah, colours, yeah. So, so yeah, so you've got six of the uh, six people. So you got Khadija, who was played by uh, Queen Latifah. You got Sinclair, played by Kim Coles. You had Maxine, played by Erica Alexander. You had John Henton, who played Overton, and you had Kim Fields, who played Regine. So they were like the the sort of main sort of characters, and it's just basically following them, following their lives. Um, it was produced by Yvette Lee Bowser and her company with Warner Bros. The, uh, the opening credits was performed and written by Queen Latifah, naturally. I should also mention that Moesha was the the opening credits was performed naturally by by Brandy. 
And yeah, it's one of it's considered to be one of the most popular black shows, black sitcoms of its era. Probably one of the the, the best of all times, and it kind of probably paved ways of like different other sitcoms. So the formula of the show, you can kind of see it in many of the other sitcoms. So like things like Girlfriends, things like Friends, Insecure. So this was Issa Rae's one. Girls by Lena Dunham. They all kind of get their idea from Living Single. So that was, um, yeah. So without, without any of those kind of shows they wouldn't even exist i don't think without uh without living single really so they really really did open the door pave the way for many 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 sitcoms what show what channel was it broadcast on even in the states or i don't think it's broadcast over here right i have no idea because i <clears throat> i just was thinking i had never even heard of this show uh still now from just watching on tv and I mean, I've watched a fair amount of TV when I was growing up, but I didn't... This was nowhere near my radar. I had no idea. Did you know it existed before? No, I had no idea. I just... It was one of those where, as I'm preparing, as as I kind of do every week, with Black History Month, I was just kind of thinking, there's got to be like some really, really cool black shows that yeah. I can do really, really cool in these black shows. And then I sort of come across this. Obviously, I know Queen Latifah very, very no, well. No, of course, yeah. And you're looking at that and you're looking at Living Single. And I'm like, oh, okay, hang on. I'm sort of reading about it. And then you're kind of watching it. And it's just like, this is really, really cool. It's a, it's, a, it's a black sitcom. Again, predominantly all black cast. And it's just them trying to figure out and, you know, living and surviving in 1990s America. Obviously, it's based in in Brooklyn. So it's very real. It's very relatable to many many black people watching and you know for for many many uk listeners that you 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 guys are gonna learn like this is a show that existed this was a show that was around back then that you may there's a very good chance that you didn't hear of it i know i didn't but i'm watching it and you just watch it and you think yeah actually when the, the I, I didn't even think about Friends, but when you watch it and you see it, you're kind of looking at it and it's like, yeah, I think Friends or the yeah. makers of Friends look at that and thought, yeah, we'll make a white version of Living Single. But is Friends Warner Brothers as well? I don't know who made... I think, yeah, Friends it's is Warner Brothers. It's part of the yeah. Warner Brothers studios, right? Yeah. So, um, you can definitely... And it's only when you've mentioned it that you can see the similarities between it. Um and it's it's just weird because we obviously we friends was enormous in the uk yeah it was like um one of the is when a kind of american culture really exploded in you know in into the uk and we started copying things like you know starbucks i'm pretty sure before like friends and things like that going out for a coffee in a proper coffee shop was like not really a thing right yeah 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 we had our cafes and things like that but i don't remember well now look how many coffee shops are in the high street yeah um they're replacing pubs now yeah so if you think we, you can go three or four you know you you within uh 20 square meters you've only got a hundred coffee anyway what don't want to talk about coffee shops for um yeah so friends no because the idea that how this show that 
clearly got its idea from another show became such a huge huge hit and you're thinking that could easily be living single easily yeah yeah and you just look at some of the uh like the way that they kind of deal with the strains of like black people and kind of like life in general so like i said you've got khadija who she's kind of got a, a magazine she runs a, a an urban magazine but you kind of see how she's struggling to cover the costs she's struggling to make ends meet you got uh sinclair who kind of um helps out she moves from minnesota and she's cousins with khadija and she kind of helps out with you know with the magazine and things like that the magazine by the way is called flavor magazine and then you got like regine who's kind of like the strong black woman go get her she works at a law firm she's doing everything in her power to make partner and so she's very like high powered she is all into the the corporate life and then you got regine who's kind of like the the pretty one who's always caring about her looks and she always wants to kind of marry a millionaire she's about that rich life but you kind of find out that she grew up in uh the housing projects which i think for us in the uk that's council houses and so with the guys you got kyle who's a, a stockbroker so again he's very like straightforward he's very very into his work very into what he's doing and then you kind of got overton who's like a handyman so he's very working class very manual labor kind of job so with all six of them we kind of see how they're dealing with all of that how they're dealing with the stresses and and the strains of 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 black people in in brooklyn in in new york in 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 general and uh it's really interesting how um a maker of living single so you had uh yvette lee bowser and she kind of wanted to really make a program that really dealt with and really covered black issues and black lives and obviously she's thinking that it's a case of i'm not seeing that anywhere on our screens yeah so it was kind of like the industry that she's in is only ever going to embrace white people and so it was kind of like for her she says and i quote for me it began with the realization that if this industry was really going to cater to and to cater to and embrace white people and white men in particular and have them in positions of power i wasn't going to be here long so that was my impetus for getting into the world of development and creation of shows about us and she goes on to say i was very frustrated writer on a show about black people where there were basically no black people in power behind the scenes so that set the tone that was the impetus for me becoming more determined to create something that i could create what i felt were more well-rounded depictions of us black people as well as creating a workplace that was not necessarily warm and fuzzy but more open to us a workplace that embraced us and by us i mean women and people of color so her determination was i wanted to make a program where we're going to like have a wide scope and wide range of of black people so whether they come from a 
a well a well background or whether they come from the projects, whether they come from the hood. I want to kind of bring all of those stories and kind of bring them to light. So I think that was her aim and that was her intention. And she'd also said that there'd been a void on television that needed to be filled because there wasn't. Because obviously, you, I think you did have black shows, but they were all very corny, very... Mm. Yeah. So the one that I will think of in mind is the Cosbys and like the Huxtables. And, you know, Claire Huxtable, obviously she's like the, she was like a lawyer, I think, in the Cosbys. I'm not entirely sure. But yeah, I think she was a lawyer. And okay, okay, you're thinking of that and you think, okay, that's really, really good. But there isn't necessarily a wide, a wide scope. There isn't a wide range of, 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 of positions and roles that black people could take and, as you know, in, in the real world, in real life, there's loads of things out there. And I think that's what Living Single will try to do. I think if you look at the uh, what Friends, friends do, I'm going to go kind of compare it to Friends. That's fine, I, yeah. Because I'm thinking this gave Friends the platform to do what it did, right? Mm -hmm. um, and if you think that it gave the... And also because I watch Friends, I haven't really watched this too much. But yeah, um, you know, it gives you it gives you the ability to have a comedy, you know, or something funny, a kind of sitcom thing going on, but tackle real issues, things that can make you laugh, but can then also stop dead, um, you know, make you cry or make you think or make you reflect. Yeah, yeah, and not lose anything from its uh, from its uh, uh, DNA. Do you see what I mean? So I think yeah. that if it's if that's what it. Uh, what um, Living Single managed to do to for the platform that's uh, that's that's incredible yeah because it, it you know like you said other things were like corny or this or not kind of taken too seriously at the time but it makes you like it's funny it's great but also can tackle whatever it wants to tackle because it's got that um, because it's got substance beneath it yeah yeah and I think with uh, this kind of show what they did brilliantly well was you they managed to mesh all of those different kind of people and they kind of brought them together in a, into a, a brownstone and told these kind of different stories and so you learn so much about them you learn so much about the the things that they go through and as we'll talk about with some of the episodes that they do that I kind of felt was was really good and really interesting and kind of dealt with certain issues that maybe not might not be sort of talked about or discussed sort of within the the black community and so uh before we get to the uh the episode kind of rundown and kind of talking about certain episodes I think I would be remiss if I didn't talk about Kyle and Maxine so this was kind of like the the two were like you know like with most sitcoms you kind of get two people who are like will they won't they Ross and Rachel yeah they're essentially like the the kind of the Ross and Rachel so uh so it kind of starts with them uh spending the night together which kind of ended season one and they kind of wake up next to each other and they're like oh what are you doing here what are you doing here and like for the longest time, they kind of have like a, what do you call it? A secret affair that nobody kind of knows about except for them too. And then they kind of think, you know what? 
I love you, you love me, maybe we should kind of get together. Because uh, obviously, like, Maxine is very stubborn, very hard-headed. Kyle is like, look, I'm being offered a job in London. I'm thinking about taking it. What do you think? She's like, yeah, okay, go. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to go then. And then she kind of says, I love you. And then it's like, okay, so what's okay, going to happen kind of thing. And then, again, they're both very, very stubborn. And then he ends up going to London anyway. And then he kind of comes back towards the end because <laughs> the the season finale, we find out that Maxine is pregnant because I think she does um, like a, goes to a sperm bank or whatever. And Kyle also decided to give his sperm to the... Sperm bank. Yeah. And so obviously you, she gets to choose. And she happens to choose Kyle's one. So she's carrying <laughs> Kyle's baby. And so I think in the end, they kind of come together and they're like you know we're gonna raise our we're gonna raise our kid and we're gonna have um our kid together and whatnot and so they just like in friends you know ross and rachel spoiler alert ross and rachel end up getting together <laughs> yeah because they did the whole wrong airport thing in the last episode right something like that yeah yeah, yeah. and so let's uh Let's talk about some of these uh, episodes of uh, Living Single. So uh, which ones did you uh, watch and which ones did you think, okay, yeah, um, quite good or so not I watched good? A, so I watched a couple. I, no, no, do you know what? I didn't think um, any of them were, were bad. I thought it was mm-hmm. all... I was trying to get to grips with who's who and what's what and why is why and this and that and the other, but the pilot was quite good. Uh, so I think in the pilot uh, was about the... What was that girl's name? Oh, Kim. Regine. Oh, Regine. Was that she goes with a guy? Yeah. And he's married. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then uh, I just did, did the whole bit about the thing. And when he kind of gets caught out and she challenges him uh, and all the other girls are listening. And yeah. They're, and they're like, and they're kind of dictating what he's going to say. Yeah. And he's following. And he goes, <laughs> men never deviate from the script. Yeah. 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 I thought that was fantastic. Um, That's brilliant. Yeah. And it was really, really good episode. Where it was like it introduced everyone nicely. Um, mm-hmm. You kind of each character had their own thing going on. Yeah, it wasn't like a he's here for. He's just this guy, and he's got a line to say. Everyone had their kind of own backstory, which yeah. is quite cool. Um, I this, this next episode started off about some their women are grooming themselves, right? And they get fed up because men don't groom themselves, and they don't <laughs> they don't have to go through the things. So they kind of go on strike. So kind of, um, I can't remember what happened. I think when when the episode actually kind of kicked off, it was not really about that, but I've forgotten kind of what happened. That was the second episode anyway. I watched the first couple of episodes of um, yeah. Living Single. I always forget the name of this show, though. It doesn't, Living Single doesn't roll off my tongue, I have to say. I think it does. I always, always want to say Single Ladies. <laughs> <laughs> and then I get a song in my head. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's, I think that's a completely different concept than... <laughs> different type of entertainment there but um i think yeah for me yeah i i like the uh the pilot it was it was really good really really fun i like how they're all singing in the mirror i think my girl i think they were singing i found it really disturbing because one of them's holding a toilet brush <laughs> just, it's, it's probably a prop though isn't it of course so, it's a prop uh, but it still put me off <laughs> uh, but i did have that song in my head 
yeah. quite a while afterwards. Never Can Say Goodbye, season four, episode 24. So as we mentioned before, this was the episode where Kyle and Max are having their kind of to and fro. Kyle is saying, look, my, uh, my firm are offering me a job in London to run the business there. So I'm thinking about taking it and Max is being all stubborn and whatnot saying, oh, whatever, you can take the job. And while all this was happening, this was uh, Overton and Sinclair's wedding. I think Sinclair is, I think she's ace. I think she was my, uh, she's my favorite character. She was very fun, very bubbly character. And they get married. Uh, Khadija and Kyle, they sing a duet that they wrote for the, uh, the ceremony and obviously Kyle is singing to Max but I don't think they kind of as we said he moves to London anyway they don't really kind of work it out and also the the interesting episode again you kind of had season three episode 19 shrink to fit so Khadija is really really struggling with flavor she's working a second job just to make money. So she's working as a security guard in a retirement home. And then she finds out that her ex scooter is seeing someone new and she's completely over the edge, but she's reluctant to go and speak to a, a psychiatrist or a shrink. And so she's getting really, really like worried, like, oh, I don't really want anybody to see me. I don't really want anybody to know that I'm struggling and all this kind of stuff. And then this was, again, uh, this is a, a subject matter that's really touchy with the black community because it's one of those things where we as a people don't tend to want to share our problems and we don't want to like air our laundry out to the world we kind of want to keep it amongst ourselves and we kind of want to sort it out amongst ourselves instead of airing it all out to a complete stranger so i think they kind of do this episode really well because it's kind of like khadija realizes that she is struggling and she is struggling to remain afloat while all this stuff is happening in her world while She's obviously got a project, Flavor Magazine, that she's incredibly passionate about, but it's just one of those where there's a rival magazine that's about to open and she's getting really, really stressed out about that rival magazine, worrying that it might take readers away from Flavor. And again, this was a, an episode where it was really, really well done with that particular, with that particular topic. And with uh, Doctor in the House, season four, episode 12, this was where Khadija has a, an anesthesiologist boyfriend, Charles, and he's basically been given an award as a, you know, being a really, really prominent doctor. And she goes to this really like prestigious event and she kind of sees like all these upper class black people and they're like looking down on her name, they're like, oh, Khadija. That sounds very ethnic and foreign. And they're like, oh, you know, your ghetto magazine, flavor, and all this kind of stuff. And it's like really getting on her, getting on her Swede. And so she's getting really 
annoyed and irritated about that. But like her boyfriend, Charles, he is like, don't worry about anything. All of this stuff is, is, is no important because, and also with this episode, it kind of shows that her work is really, really important to her. She's very passionate about Flavor magazine. And it's, might not be a one of those really prestigious jobs like being a doctor or like being a lawyer. It's kind of like, yeah, you're running a, a magazine. Huh. And it's a, a black magazine. It's a an ethnic magazine. So nobody's really gonna really care about any 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 of that sort of stuff. So that was a a really, really, really good episode. And in terms of the uh, the season finale, as I was kind of saying, you kind of had Kyle coming back from London and he kind of discovers that Max is carrying his baby because obviously she picks the sperm and that kind of thing. And then on one of the lines they said, oh, you know what? Maybe we're destined to be together. And then Maxine's like, no, we're doomed to be together because obviously they just bicker and argue like a an old married couple and Sinclair gets offered a, an acting job in LA and she's concerned about how that's gonna play with her her husband now Overton. Khadija reassures Sinclair that Overton loves you no matter what and is all gonna be fine and I think it kind of ends with Scooter coming back and so he's like hey, Khadija, I'm back kind of thing. And she goes off with him to Rio on holiday. So it kind of ends kind of ends like that. So the interesting thing about Living Single was that it never really got the, the credit and the acknowledgement that it deserved for being such an influence for many sitcoms, not even just Friends, but like many, many sitcoms that you have where people are living in a a building together and they're trying to figure out life and trying to figure out how to navigate your way through the 90s and all of the trials and tribulations that go with it. So with Friends, the only difference is that they were maybe, I think, based in in the Manhattan area. The difference is they were white. That's like, and let's yeah, be honest about it. They were white as well. And Living Single was set in Brooklyn. So, and again, it was one of those where I think black people in the 90s would be watching Living Single or the white people would be watching Friends. So there was kind of like a a head-to-head element sort of thing, but the show that got pushed, the show that got more recognition, the show that got more awards was not the black show, I'm afraid. It was... It was the white show. The white show. Which... You know what? Don't get me wrong. I, I like Friends. I think, and uh, I would happily watch Friends, and maybe down the line, happily talk about the thing, Friends. The thing is, I think like everyone. I don't think I've not met anybody that doesn't like Friends. I think Friends is kind of a general. Yeah. Even whether you're whoever you are, I think you can agree that Friends is okay. It's not. Yeah. Yeah. Um, some people love it. Some people don't like it as much. But I think most people like it anyway. What I'm getting at is that. Friends is the the show that came here, right? Yeah. It wasn't Living Single. No. So maybe if we were given that show, Living Single, that would be the show we were talking about. 
we weren't given the opportunity to like one or the other. Yeah, yeah. It was just here's here's the one that you're gonna like and the yeah. one that you're gonna be. I can't say for sure whether or not a Channel Four or a BBC showed Living Single. I I have no idea. I don't think they did. I've never even heard of it. Yeah, so, um, me neither. Until. I started doing this podcast. So. And again, I didn't even, I hadn't heard of a You haven't heard of many of the shows that we've done, particularly the Black History Month, Paul. So, <laughs> yeah, shame on me. But no, um, with, uh, with this show, again, you know, UK TV heads, let me know if Living Single was on the telly because I don't think it was. I think uh, producer Paul over there is uh, consulting the old Google. I'm consulting Google to see if it did air in the UK. Uh, I can't quick. Obviously, we can't. We can't be googling all day. But I can't. It's not obvious if it did. No, I think it's one of those where, if it was on the U, on the UK television, it would have been on for a short period of Channel time. Channel Five at like eleven o'clock at night or something. Ridiculous. Yeah, I remember, Channel Five came in ninety six or seven. So uh, Living I, Single was one ninety three. I didn't get it until like so. two thousand and twelve or something. Ridiculous. <laughs> But no, yeah, it's uh it's one of those it's one of those legacy shows. And even like the 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 actors and actresses, they when they talk about like what the show means to them and the influences that they had, like they say like, yeah, like without us, there wouldn't be most of these shows. Maybe like having people living in an apartment block wouldn't be as successful if this wasn't here to to kind of be the first. Yeah. So in that in that sense, it was. I mean, it's a good accolade to have, nonetheless. But uh, you're not getting the um, recognition, yeah. perhaps you should, you deserve. Yeah. But obviously, Friends is never going to say the creators of Friends and whoever they are are never going to say, "Oh yeah, we stole it from those guys." So uh, those guys did a good job. Do you know what I mean? They're never going to say that. They're always yeah, going to yeah, say, "Look yeah. how good we are." Yeah. But no, it's um, it's one of those where. Don't know if that was the case. I'm just saying that was what... In America, it's probably huge. Mm. Living single. I would imagine it's huge. Because it's Queen Latifah. Queen Latifah is a big actress. Yeah. And rapper as well. She she had a pretty... She had a pretty useful run as a, as a singer. And so, again, it was um, really, really... Really, really good. And then she was great in this in this role as Khadija James magazine editor. So yeah, I think living single, if you didn't know it, now you know it. And I would most definitely recommend you watch a, an episode or two because you'll watch it and you'll think, Oh, that's where friends got it from. Oh, Phoebe's a lot like Sinclair. Oh, Regine and Rachel are very, very similar. Or you'd think Max Maxine is a lot similar to Monica. So you watch those kind of things and think, oh, okay, this some of this makes sense. So uh definitely go out of your way to uh to watch. And uh and on that bombshell, I think it's a, a good place to bring the episode to an end. This was the 10th episode of Yesterday's Capers. So 10 episodes and uh, here's to another 10 and another 10 and another 10. I mean, 
you might not think it's a, a milestone to celebrate, but my kind of thing with this podcast is I'm going to celebrate every single milestone that comes my way. So yeah, I'm celebrating it. 10th episode. Good job. Good job. Next week, we're celebrating the 11th episode. Yep. That's another milestone. <laughs> so yesterday's capers is available wherever you get your podcasts from. So go out, go out, get it, subscribe, listen, download, share it, spread the word, do all of those things. You guys have been incredibly supportive and I appreciate that. So please carry on doing that. You can follow Yesterday's Capers on Instagram at Yesterday's Capers 1. You can follow on Twitter at Yesterday Capers 1. No, no, sorry, Yesterday Capers on Twitter. And you can follow me on Instagram at Abdullah underscore Molim. And you can follow me on Twitter at Abdullah Molim, all one word. Again, give me a follow, send email, send suggestions, send whatever you want to send me as long as it's nice and tasteful and uh, join us next week for another episode of yesterday's capers <laughs>